hello, and welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast where we watch movies that we haven't seen, and we talk about them. Yeah. I'm Betsy, and the interrupting cow over there is my husband, Trent. Interrupting cow? Moo. <laughs> yes. Is that a thing? You did it again. You came in before you were introduced. You're breaking all the rules. Premature introduction. <laughs> How dare you? Whatever. Today, we're going to be starting a mini-series, if you will. Yeah. We're going to have a Keanu-thon! Is that what we've decided on? Sure, it sounds good. We're going to call it that. It's the Keanu-thon. Keanu-thon. So we are going to start with the 80s, and we are going to watch a movie starring Keanu Reeves. A quintessential Keanu Reeves movie is my understanding. Yeah, so we're going to pick a series of movies from each decade from the 80s to now. Yeah, a movie from every decade that Keanu, let's just say, plays a huge part. He stars in Trent. Yes. He stars in all these movies. He does. So we're starting in the 80s, early in his career, with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, I haven't seen this one. I know, Trent. So, I've seen this once. Okay. I think I was in college, but you have not seen this ever. No, I haven't. Why is that? You know, this is one that has never really been on TV a a whole lot in my experience. Okay. And it just looked stupid. Oh, it is. But, like, good stupid. It looked, like, stupid enough for me to not really be interested in it. It was before I started liking things ironically and could appreciate something for being dumb. Okay. There's a, there's a difference between something being dumb and stupid. Yes. I, I'm hoping that this is a good kind of dumb. So what I know about this, I'm going to just say it before you even it. ask me. <laughs> jump in there. So Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter mm-hmm. are, let's just say, losers. Okay. And I know there's time travel. Okay. It involves a phone booth. Okay. Are they time lords? They are not time lords. <laughs> I am not a Doctor Who person. The one across from me very much is. That's me! I just... Doctor Who is the kind of nerdy that I'm not into. You don't know what you're into until you try it. I didn't think I'd be into Doctor Who and then I got... Completely it seems in. a bit much for me. Well, you could be wrong. And you haven't seen it, so you don't know. But anyway. You're right about that. Bill and Ted are not Time Lords. I do like Peter Capaldi, though. See? Anyway, so they're not Time Lords, but they, they are time travelers somehow. Yes. I guess they go back in time. They go forward in time. I don't have a clue. Okay. Um, And the other thing I know about this is they're, um, let's just say, Cosmic Companion. Okay. I think is is what his relationship is. Is the uh, dearly departed George Carlin. Okay, I was going to say, do you know he's in this movie? I very much know that he is in this movie. I've mentioned him before probably a couple of times. George Carlin is my comedy hero. Mm -hmm. He is the man that got me into stand-up comedy. He is the man that kind of allowed my teenage brain to develop a sense of humor and it k- kind of d- shaped my young mind mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a very strange way. 
I got into George Carlin when I was in high school, and I think the first thing I listened to was his ranting about, like, airplanes. I think I even made a joke from... I, I, I think I recited a joke from that bit in one of these podcast episodes Probably. saying, let evil Knievel get on the plane. I'm getting in the plane. Probably Air it's Force One. <laughs> probably. That's probably what it was. But that's not what we're talking about. No, I was like, you've gone way off tangent hey, now. <laughs> I love the man. I was sad to see him go. I'm disappointed that I never got to see him. But mm-hmm. hey, his work lives on. There you go. But yes, he is in this movie. Yeah. In the 80s, around the time he was at Shining Time Station. (laughs) Sure. But other than that, I don't really know a thing. I know it's a short movie. It's like an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be in and out very quickly. So, you know, that's about it. Yeah, and I've only seen this the once. I don't have a super clear recollection of all the beats. I remember bits and pieces. Yeah. So this will be an interesting refresher for me. Yeah. So let's go check it out. We're going to stay firmly in the 80s yet again with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and we'll be right back. Whoa. What did you think of this movie? It was pretty good. As expected, <laughs> it was pretty dumb. But it's the kind of It was of the good dumb, kind of dumb. The kind of dumb that the 80s was full of. Yeah. Where they were just like, we're going to make this stupid movie and have a great time yeah, doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, hey, I can see why people really like this. Yeah. Why it caught on mm-hmm. as, as a thing. Well, it's, it's the thing that I love. It's just... Um, you know, stupid dudes who use really big words. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. We've talked about this before uh-huh. where Bill refers to himself as Esquire uh-huh. the whole time. Mm-hmm. He just elevates himself, even though they're just two bros who can't play their instruments and they're failing history. <laughs> <laughs> Badly. Badly. Yes. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't really write down a whole lot of stuff. I, I kind of talked about... Uh, some of the people that they're running, that they're coming across and, you know, how, how they, how they introduce this world. I mean, they're, they're a couple of uh, surfer bros, but who don't surf. They're not, they're just Southern California boys. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that accent is a real thing, which is why the joke is on SNL, the Californians. Sure. That accent is real. Right. (laughs) What? What? No. No way. Whoa. Okay. They went a little bit hard on that stuff. I think it was enough because it was, it was enough to be ridiculous, but not so much that it was annoying. Sure, and it was a, a kind of a novel concept for 1989. Yeah, there haven't you know, been a whole lot of movies that featured 
or at least starred people who talked like that. Right. Like the the prime example up until this point was probably in um oh uh Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Right. Sean Penn's first movie. Yeah. And he is a surfer dude. He's very much a surfer He's dude. He's very much pulling on putting on this voice. Yeah. And up until then, that's kind of the I mean, the reference point, reference point. Yeah, the reference point is you're doing a Spicoli. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So these guys are both doing that to mm-hmm. the extreme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes. Tell me, tell me something. Okay. Tell me how SNL didn't just rip this movie off for Wayne's World. Listen, I was trying to figure out when Wayne's World started, and Wayne's World started the same year this movie came out. Really? Yes. The first time it was featured on Saturday Night Live was early 1989. Wow. And this movie was came made out in 1989. Eight, it was made in 88. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if it genuinely was just ripping it off or it was sure. just coincidence. Yeah. But... It's also just the culture of guys this age at the time. Well, and think about Wayne's World. Wayne's World is based off of cable access. Right. Uh, that the whole shtick with them is they're they're shooting this video in their basement and they're putting it up on cable access for anybody to see for Mm -hmm. either free or cheap. Like cable access was the YouTube of its day. Yes. But they're also bad musicians. Right. Who just like rock music. Which, you know, at the beginning, they're like, they, Bill has a camcorder and they're recording their, their music, let's say. They're making a, a very excellent video. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because it's the key to all of their success. It re- but you know what? In 1989, it was. If you weren't on MTV with a oh, cool ass yeah. video, you were nothing. Yep. They got to get Eddie Van Halen, and the only way they to have do to get it, Eddie Van Halen in order, they have to get Eddie Van Halen as their guitarist, or they're not going to be be big. But they won't. Be but they big. won't get Eddie Van Halen until they have a kick-ass video. Yep. But the logic, of course, being they could just learn their instruments, but that seems too hard. That's too hard. Betsy. <laughs> That's too hard. Yes. So we are introduced at the beginning of the movie to Rufus. Rufus in the future. Because in the future, in their hometown of San Dimas, California. I assume is a fictional town. I haven't looked I'm pretty into it. Sure. I don't know. You you know a lot of I know a towns. lot I know a lot more cities just based on uh just because of my job. I yes. don't think that's a real city. But the future depends on them passing their history report. Seven hundred years in the future. Yes. Their entire they foundation depend. their of entire... their society <laughs> depends on these two dudes passing their history report. And phone booth time machines. Yes. Phone booth t- with an antenna. With an antenna a metal antenna. A very yes. flimsy antenna, by the yes. way. Yes. The it's funny the things in this movie they clearly spent money on and other stuff they were like ah we don't need to worry about the budget for that right right (laughs) it's literally a phone booth that they attached an antenna to pretty much we've invented the time machine here it is yep that's what it looks like that's what we're going for sure you guys can can uh fix, fix it up and post right what's post yeah. No, we got to blow the rest of our budget on the uh, the uh, wormholes, the timelines, the yeah. computer animated uh-huh. things they fly through. <laughs> yep. 
quote unquote computer animated. I mean, for the eighties, that was probably pretty darn advanced. It was. You know what? What I wrote down was they don't dwell on it. No. They don't try to make it a big thing. It's just, hey, this is how they're passing through time. Yep, they kind of show you. This is what it looks like. Yep. Here it is. Goodbye. Yeah, they're not overusing it. Um, so it works. Yep, the hey. rest of the time we got actual sets, real costumes, real a people. A lot of costumes. A lot of places they went. I think that's where their budget went. Yeah. Like, they went, like, at, at, in the credits, they had an Italian crew. Yeah. Yeah, they went places. Uh... So, what else do we got here? Okay, here's a question, fellow historians. Mm-hmm. Is this the first documented uh, occurrence and utterance of the number 69 being <laughs> uttered and in a comedic fashion? As a joke. What number are we thinking of? 69! <laughs> Seriously! Mean, maybe. Seriously. I don't know a whole lot of movies where they make that, they call that out as a joke. Right. And this is very early in the movie. We're thinking of a number and they just kind of giggle and say 69. Right. So maybe. It might be the first time. Or man. certainly early because you couldn't get yeah. away with much stuff on film. Right. Until you get and to it's, the 70s And this and movie is very tame. This is a PG oh, movie. Oh, yeah. This is a PG movie. They say they shit, say shit, a shit few times. once. And then in French several times. And, yes. 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 Merde, 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 merde. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, other than that, there's no hard cursing. There's no nudity. Mm -hmm. This is clearly a movie that was meant to be seen by a younger audience. Sure, totally. Yeah. And it works. Mm -hmm. I think it's funny, it especially funny. for people like that. <laughs> yeah, I think I enjoyed this much more the second time. I genuinely don't remember it much the first time. And maybe it's just watching it with you. And watching it yeah. with another person at all. Yeah. Finding the funny is easier yeah, with another person. Yeah, sometimes when you watch a movie, like, in a theater, yeah. like a comedy, yeah. you get laughs. Like, movies, like, an example I would give you is, like, Back to the Future. Okay. So, when I was growing up, I saw this movie a ton of times, but I had never seen it in the theater. Okay. I had only ever seen it on a tiny TV at my house. On tape. On tape or something, Yeah. Um, then when I finished college, I was living at home and I found out it was playing at the local theater and I was supposed to go to see a different movie with my brother and I found out they were showing Back to the Future and I texted him and was like, no, 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 we're going to go see Back <laughs> to the Future. Just kidding. We're doing this. Yeah. But it's a completely different experience. This movie I've seen dozens of times by myself. It's funny to me. In its own way. Right. But when you're in a room full of people reacting to the same thing, you experience it on a different level. Which is why I'm such a firm believer and proponent of going to see movies in the theater. Because you experience it in a way you will not experience at home with your by yourself or with just one person. Yeah, I would get that. Yeah. It is a very different experience for when we've gone, and especially, like you said, comedies. Yes. Comedies in general, you're going to have a completely different reaction based on who is in the theater. And it's different every time, because everybody has a different kind of a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. You might laugh at things that you think are just goddamn hilarious, like, we went, like when we went to see 
you know, that Muppets movie. I knew you were going to say the Muppets. <laughs> I, I don't I know. I knew you were going to say that. I can't remember if we've brought this up before. Probably not yet. But that, that the Muppet movie that came out in 2011? Yes, The Muppets. Yeah, The Muppets. We went to see in the theater, uh, in our second-run theater... Uh, no, we went to the first Did we? We went opening weekend because I was very insistent. Okay, all right. I'll take your word for it. We went along with one of your brothers. Yep. And... There was a, I, I won't say the scene because whatever. Uh, one of the songs. One of the songs. It just hit us so goddamn hard that we just busted a gut laughing. In, while we're in a theater of a bunch of children Actual and their parents. children. <laughs> and we're apparently the only ones laughing. We weren't the only ones laughing, but we were laughing the loudest. We were very much the loudest one. The small children in front of us turned around and looked at us and thought we were insane. <laughs> but yes, this is my point. To, yeah, to yeah, sum yeah. up, it watching this movie the first time by myself, I don't remember anything about it. I didn't really connect with me. Yeah. But watching it with you this time around, this was pretty funny. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed this. Yeah. I can look past the low budget nature of it. I can look past. There's one troublesome line in the entire movie. Right. One. One. Which in 1988, fine. You can get away with that. And you know what? You could absolutely just take that out of the movie and it's no worse. Yeah. You could probably overdub it or change the dialogue and no one would know. Or just cut that in or Or just cut cut that completely. Yeah. Okay. So we're introduced to these two dudes. They're banned wild stallions that they're With trying to wise. form. With all wise. All wise. No <laughs> eyes in there. Of course. Um, <laughs> they have to pass this history report. Mm-hmm. And we're introduced to Missy, who is Bill's stepmom, who's also only three years older than him. Uh-huh. Because when they were a freshman, she was a senior. And Ted asked her to the prom. <laughs> Ted asked her to the prom. <gasps> so we don't get a whole lot of the story there, but just basically the whole time... She is just like a sexy stepmom who can't cook and can't keep house. Who can't apparently make like grilled cheese. She can't do anything. Like they always show her she's a Uh joke. Uh Like she can't drive very well. She burns the dinner. She is trying to like water the lawn and like Uh not succeeding very well. Well, I think what happens with the lawn there, the, the phone booth, falls on the on the, the hose. hose there it is yeah okay that, so that wasn't her fault that okay i didn't catch that joke but you know betsy yeah missy seems to have a thing for teachers it's true <laughs> older men older men specifically specifically teachers, teachers. <laughs> has she just fucked every single teacher in this town i don't because know. <laughs> Bill's dad looks like a professor. Yep. Uh, when she get when she goes into the theater, she's like, uh, like rubbing up against Bill and Ted's history teacher. Yep. Saying, "Oh hi!" Like, like, like. Nice to she, see. Yeah. Doesn't she like t- touch his arm or kind something? Of. She saddles like just kind of. Yeah. Nestles just, up next to him. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. 
I think she's fucked every single teacher in that school. But what's also funny is she's trying really hard. Like, she wants him to call her mom. Right. And she picks him up from school and chauffeurs him around. And she's, like, doing the mom thing. I'm not taking you anywhere until you do your chores. Right. (laughs) It's weird. She's a weird little character. Yeah. And I can't tell if I love her or hate her. (laughs) She doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. She's there as part of the joke because when Freud is there and tries to analyze Bill, he says, no, I know exactly what's wrong with Uh me. (laughs) Uh I have a little bit of an Oedipal complex. It's fun. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Oedipus. That's right. You you want to uh, kill, what is it? Kill 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 your your, dad. Kill your father and marry your mom. Yep. Marry as in bone. Right. (laughs) Correct. Which, you know what, at the beginning when she comes in with the, I guess with the food, they do the thing where she's bending over and you can see down her shirt and they're like, whoa. It's it's that very sexualized thing of the 80s. Very much so. Very much an objectification. Uh Uh-huh. And it's just little moments like that that haven't aged well, but really... Overall, there's not much to it. It's tame enough. It's pretty tame. Yeah. Like, there are movies from the 80s that are way worse. Oh, yeah. The do... Mm. Yeah. This is... This Name is some, Betsy. Um, uh, 16 Candles. I haven't seen it. Well, there's a character who is an Asian foreign ex- exchange student named Long Duck Dong... Okay. And he is a walking stereotype. Because the 80s? Because the 80s. Okay. Um, there's also a lot of, like, auctioning off girls' panties mm. and, you know, a question of, did these two have sex and the kid's, like, 14 and the girl's, like, mm. 18? And Yeah, mm. there's some problems. There's some problems with it. Yeah. I've, I'm pretty sure this is the movie that I'm, I'm talking about because I've only seen it the once. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Anywho. So their dilemma here is that they got to pass their history class yep. or they're going to flunk. Correct. Which they don't really go into it. Like, are they seniors here? Are they, like, if they don't uh, pass this class, are they going to, like, have to repeat the grade or something or be super seniors they, or they something. They don't explain I don't it and I know. don't think it matters. I, I know it doesn't matter, but they, they just, they just, I want more. What's at stake is. What's the stakes? Is if he fails, Ted yeah. is going to be sent to military school in, in Alaska. Alaska. And if he is sent to Alaska, the two of them are separated and Wild Stallions breaks up and they never make their band. And then the future doesn't happen. That's right. George Carlin doesn't get to party. Rufus doesn't get to party. That's right. But Rufus does show up that night after they go to the gas station. Yes. Where they run into themselves. Where they run into themselves after Rufus shows up in his time machine. Phone booth time machine. Phone booth time machine. And listen, there were moments in this in this movie where I was thinking of Doctor Who. Of course you are. Because. It's bigger on the inside, Betsy. Okay, it's phone booth police booth Uh uh-huh doctor who was a thing for like 30 years just about at this point already yeah um 20 some certainly um 
And yeah, they were cramming people in here to the point where I literally wrote down, is this thing bigger on the inside? Because I don't know, you know, children of today don't understand phone booths and how they work and what they and pay are phones. for. Pay phones particularly. But at best, you could fit maybe three people and it will not be comfortable. No. So these guys have shoved eight grown <laughs> men and a small woman <laughs> into this phone booth to travel through time. Yeah. So they, they did do. say, they call it out where they're traveling through these vortexes yeah. sideways yeah. with the door open and yeah. they're all standing up. Yeah. Like a log flume. Like a log flume. <laughs> so it's not like they don't acknowledge that this is ridiculous. Yes. But yes, I did think about Doctor Who because the TARDIS looks like a box for those who are not, for the uninitiated. Doctor Who, the doctor, travels in the TARDIS, which looks like a police call box, which in fact is a spaceship. And it's very small from the outside, but it is infinite on the inside. So there's like swimming pools inside the TARDIS. Betsy dropping knowledge here, guys. I need to give some context to explain <laughs> the joke. So logic dictates if their phone booth uh -huh. is bigger on the inside, they can uh -huh. fit nine full grown men and a small woman. Yep. <laughs> I... I have to think that there's something there. There's some wink to it at yeah, least. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Okay. And um, then there's a phone book that dial that has the numbers of anywhere and everywhere they could want to go in space and time. Hey, like, Betsy. Yeah, Trent? Remember phone books? What's that, Trent? We still get them dropped on our doorstep on occasion. An antique. Yeah. We always say, hey, look, an antique has arrived. Let's just throw this over here in the recycling bin. Pretty much. It's mostly yellow pages these days. It is. People don't have a landline. And, and the reason why they still exist is, is because they keep getting paid for it. Yeah. Everybody wants to pay their little bit of money to be put into the yellow pages. Mm-hmm. And the 12 <sighs> people who still have a landline are right. listed. Right. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Those were the days. Those were the days. But... We finally get them in their time machine. Yes. Where do they go first, Betsy? Where do they go first, Trent? They go to Napoleonic France. <laughs> yes. And they accidentally kidnap Napoleon. Oops. <laughs> they didn't mean to. Yeah. He was just proving to them that it works. Yep. And then Napoleon tags along with them. So they get the brilliant idea to keep him for a while and... Their, their assignment is, of course, they have to have historical figures talk... What they think historical figures would think of San Dimas, California. Yes. So what better way to do it than go straight to the source? And so they leave Napoleon, and then they go on an adventure to get more historical figures. First, they leave him with his kid brother. Who definitely gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> who definitely knows who Napoleon is. And that's... <laughs> that's one of the things about these kinds of movies that is so great is his older brother just says this is napoleon he's an important french dude 
Go take him to a movie or something. Right, here's some and money. his little brother just goes, okay. <laughs> and then he's like, he's lame, let's ditch him. Yeah, he's a dick. After he tries Napoleon's to cheat at bowling. <laughs> he eats all the ice cream. He eats a lot of ice cream. A lot oh of my ice God. cream. They did share, but he must have eaten the bulk because he's the piggy. Correct. So Napoleon goes to get ice cream and then goes bowling and then goes to a water park because it's called Waterloo. 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 Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Not a lot of uh, uh, nuance there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Where would we go? Waterloo! <laughs> but you know what? They knew that. Yep. Bill and Ted, they knew that. They Listen, learned something. Bill and Ted, it's so funny because they are set up to be these two idiots. But the second they land, they know exactly yeah. what they're looking for yep. by dialing it in the phone book. And they're like, well, there he is. Yeah. It all makes perfect sense. And then they they actually know more than they think they know. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But you, like, like most things, like with most education, if you make it entertaining... And you give them some information that people are going to glom onto. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing about Napoleon being short. He's not. He's short. not. He wasn't short. For his era, he was average sized. Yep. But you look at it these days, he was like, what, 5'4", five, 5'5", five, 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 Right. For the time, that was average sized for it, men. He was, he was average to above average in height. Yeah. But it's that thing where you remember the story but more than yeah. you remember the truth. Right. And they spread this story that he was a little bitty dude. Mm-hmm. And that's what has stuck. Yeah. And there's been an entire thing that, that has survived through centuries mm-hmm. about having a Napoleon complex. Yep. A small, a small man syndrome or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. But in reality, that is not a thing. It's all bullshit, Trent. Yep. It's all bullshit and it's bad for you. But they pick up Napoleon. Another George Carlin reference. Thank you. They pick up Napoleon. They pick up Billy the Kid. Yeah. They pick up Socrates. Socrates. It's Socrates. Look him up. It's under Socrates. It's Socrates. And then they make a Days of Our Lives Oh, that was great. Like sands through the hourglass. These These are are the the Days days of of Our Lives. lives. Wow. I forget how big a deal some of those shows were back in the 80s. Betsy, they still are a thing. They're still a thing. They're still on the air. But think about how big it was in the 80s. That was the time. That's when our folks started to really watch them. My parents still watch The Young and the Restless. We just had an hour-long conversation last night about The Young and the Restless. Literally last night. And the bold and the beautiful. In bed, Betsy and I were talking about the most important things in the world on our minds, The Young and the Restless characters. Circa the 90s. Circa now. (laughs) Victor Newman is still a threat. Victor Newman is so a threat. <laughs> he will forever be a threat. Okay. But yeah, soap operas so- were huge. So the fact that they figured out a way to make it a joke in Greek. Right. <laughs> Listen, I was a history major. I also took Greek, but I, I'm rusty. I wish I could remember some of it. You remember Socrates? Yes, obviously. <laughs> so Billy the Kid and Socrates become buds. And they travel to... 
England. Yeah. In like the medieval England. King Henry. They didn't really sure. identify which one. They just right. said King Henry. Right. And my favorite line, I think, in this whole damn movie. Billy, you are dealing with the oddities of time travel with the greatest of ease. <laughs> <laughs> the whole movie is riddled uh, with just Bill you know, waxing poetic uh-huh. about anything and everything. Anything that is in front of him. He's he is He's an artist. He's an artist. He is elevating his language. Which above we his love. status. We love that. It's so great. In all fiction, it's if the there, best. If there is one thing I loved above everything else in this movie, it was the way the two of them, specifically Bill, speaks. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. But then they have a lightsaber fight in their armor. Yes, they're just <laughs> making jokes about Star Wars, making Star Wars references. I'll never join you! <laughs> yeah. See, Star Wars reference trend, they made it for they us. They made it for us. We're always going to point it out it's if always, it happens. It's always funny to watch movies like this that are so contemporary to when Star Wars was out. Right. This movie was 89, only... 89, uh, Return of the Jedi, years. still yeah. very fresh in people's minds. This was like, well, if they filmed it in 88, five years after yep. the yep. trilogy had finished. Yep. That's crazy. Still a huge deal. Yeah. Man. I just, it's always interesting. But then Ted dies. Oh, no. You killed Ted, you medieval dickweed. <laughs> but he's not really dead because he fell out of his suit of armor. <laughs> that doesn't happen. <laughs> he fell down the stairs and he just fell out of his very heavy metal armor. Uh-huh. And then you go, heavy metal. <laughs> this sequence was full of those puns, uh, like heavy metal uh-huh. and Iron Maiden. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, that's totally how um, suits of armor work. Yes. You just, you can fall right out of them. It's so easy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they go to uh, Austria. Uh, no, first they go to the future. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. They go and meet their... Uh, their uh their subjects let's say their their future foundation yeah the people who worship them yeah and they have a beautiful moment Uh uh-huh where they are telling them all to be excellent to each other be excellent to each other and party on (laughs) party on dudes party on dudes yeah if Uh. if anything it's party on dude that's the wayne's world thing party on wayne Party on Garth. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I don't know what the connection is there, but clearly it's not a mistake. Yeah. Certainly. No, after they go to the future. Then they go Then to they Austria. pick up Freud. Then Excuse they... me. Freud. Freud. Mr. Freud. Sigmund Freud. Si- Siggy. Siggy. You can call <laughs> me Siggy. They go to Austria and pick up Freud. They go to Germany and pick up Beethoven. Uh-huh. Then they go to Orléans. 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 It's not Orleans. Jo- yeah, it is not Orleans. France. They go to France and pick up Joan of Arc. Yep. Who is always praying. Who is always, always praying. Always praying. And then they go and pick up Genghis Khan. Hey, Genghis Khan, you want a Twinkie? <laughs> <laughs> he loves a sugar rush, Trent. He yes. needs it. And then they go get Lincoln. Yep. So they just literally have this sequence for about three minutes where they're just hopping through time and picking up random people. Candy gram for Lincoln. <laughs> Candy gram for Lincoln. 
Again, referencing other movies. Mm-hmm. Whoever made this movie loves movies. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They love history and movies. Yes. And they were just having a good time. Like I said at the beginning, they were just having fun with this movie. Totally. We, did we need all these sequences and sets and historic figures? No. But if you're going to make this movie, make this movie Make big. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they pick up Lincoln, and then they go back to 1000 B.C. 1 million B.C. I'm sorry, 1 million B.C. 1 million B.C., BC. yes. Yes. And the... The antenna breaks. The antenna is broken, so they have to fix it the only way teenage boys know how, with chewing gum and metal tins of chocolate pudding. (laughs) Because Ted is prepared, Betsy. It's also just one of those signs of the times that... In the 80s, you would get chocolate pudding in a tin. I guess. I've never had chocolate pudding from a tin. No, because... I've never had anything like that from a tin. Because our entire childhood, basically from the late 80s on, it was in a plastic cup. Plastic, yeah. And that's the way it is now. Yep. So to see it in a tin was weird. Yeah. There's a few moments like that where it's just like, this is old. Yeah. (laughs) Phone booths and camcorders and... You know, station wagons with wood. Oh, wood paneling is, <laughs> is the greatest thing. Uh, a little story. While we were watching the scene where you just that you just talked about with the chewing gum. Mm-hmm. But when I was a kid, I was having a sleepover at a friend's house. And there was a like bad, bad uh, thunderstorm happening. There was flooding going on. Okay. And... When I, while I was over there, we were hanging out in the in the, the kid's basement, my friend's basement, and water started coming in the basement, mm-hmm. leaking through the walls. Uh, the foundation. Through the foundation walls, yeah. And, like, you could see it all just, like, just pouring in, pouring in like crazy. So what do we do? My friend's mom goes to the corner gas station picks up a whole shitload of chewing gum and gives it to us kids to chew and stick in the holes. What? I'm serious. Okay. Uh-huh. That's exactly what we did for the next hour and a half, two hours that this storm passed. Yeah. You're just working worked. your jaws. Yeah, we are working our jaws to the up bone. the works. Very much so. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen who are listening out there, I think what we can take away from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is it's making us very nostalgic. Sure. <laughs> this is this is a lot of a lot of feelings that it's bringing up. Mm-hmm. Memories of childhood and being silly. Because 89, I remember 89. You know, I was 4? Yeah. You know, four I 4 or 5? I'm I'm uh I I'm old enough at that point to start remembering what's happening around me. Yeah. So I remember, you know, friends, I remember uh, like going to school for the first time, you know, kindergarten, like those years I remember anything prior to that. Yeah, I'm a little fuzzy, Mm -hmm. but yeah, like the tins thing. I don't think I remember ever seeing it was a little bit before our time, but yeah, chewing gum was huge. It was so many different brands, so many different brands. The music in this, all of the rock music. Now I'm going to say the music in this. I believe, I don't think any of it was like licensed music. 
I think it was all made in the style of other bands. Yeah. And just made for this soundtrack. Well, there were so many bands. Like, that happens all the time. There's a band that gets popular, and then you go dig up 50 other bands that sound vaguely like that. True, and that, that's And that's this fair. is an intentional choice. That's fair. Where they were going for a Van Halen vibe. So let's go find some bands that sound vaguely like, or record which, some songs that sound vaguely like. Which, at the like. time, there are a lot of different bands exactly. who sound like Van Halen. Right. And I'll, I'll say this. Speaking of Van Halen, I kind of wondered at the end when George Carlin Rufus uh, shows up again. I thought Eddie Van Halen was going to be outside of the garage. Oh. <laughs> but but no, this this wasn't that kind of a movie. No, no. That's and, something you say for the sequel. And if if he showed up, they would not do the work. And they no. need to do the work to be successful. You're right. You're and right. that's the kind of the lesson we take away from this. Yeah. But before we get to that, so they finally make it back to the present day. Yep. And so to get their report in order, they take all of the characters, all of the historical figures back to Bill's house where they have to do chores because Missy's not going to take them anywhere until yep. they do their chores. Yep. Then they go to the only place that makes sense in the 80s, the mall. Let's go to the mall. Today. <laughs> so they go to the mall. They all cause chaos. Yep. And they all get arrested. Because <laughs> of course you do. Because they're all maniacs in the mall. Where there's an ice rink? Where there's an ice rink. Go figure. Never been to a mall with an ice rink. I was trying to look at this mall and see if there were stores i recognized that none. are now defunct none not and and from what i could what i could tell there's zero product placement yeah they were none. all like made up stores yeah all the stores are made up there's like like spalding basketballs in the sporting goods store mm -hmm. like things that you can't get the logo off of but for the most part there's nothing that i recognize one bit in the whole movie and I was kind of looking for it, too. You know, 1989, there's a lot of brands that would be represented everywhere. That just goes to show Nothing. you that nobody was banking on this movie being a big hit. No. This is a stupid little movie. Yeah. George Carlin is the biggest star in this. Yep. And he was, you know, 20 years past his his heyday. Not quite. He was on the come up. Like, yeah. Early, not, like, 92 was his big comeback. Right, that was his comeback. Sure. This is his come down. Sure. You know, getting off the drugs or whatever. He never got off the drugs. Okay. <laughs> he got off, he never got off the drugs. Um, but, you know, Keanu Reeves was 25. Yeah. He was a little baby and yeah. he had barely had a movie career at this point. He had made a few things. Yeah. But it's interesting to see just like a few years later, he was making Speed. Yep. So... The world works in mysterious ways. Um, but then, yeah, the whole, this whole sequence, like, t the busting them out of jail. Yeah. They don't actually show any of it, but it's like, well, what if we just go and use the time machine, and in the future, we just have to remember to do all these things, and they kind of will them into existence. Uh-huh. It's like, we'll just go back two days to when he had the keys, and steal the keys, and leave them here. Look, it's the keys! <laughs> Boy, that seems like they were trying to write themselves out of a hole. <laughs> or it's... maybe maybe like they were running out of shooting schedule 
and they were running long and it's like oh we can't all have time to to shoot the movie we don't have time to, to finish the shooting of these scenes so uh uh here they are it's also it, it's perfect though for these characters it's like super yeah. boy logic yeah you, and... you also don't need to see them do no. it in order for you to believe that they did something no, like really, that. No, really, the rest of them all make sense. Like, the keys are where they're supposed to be. The, the tape, tape recorder. recorder. There's a note on the typewriter. P.S. Duck. <laughs> the one that's stupid is, remember a garbage can, and it just, like, appears yep. on his head. Yep. Like, he doesn't throw it at him. He doesn't find it anywhere. No, like, one, no one actually does it. No, it just appears it just on his head. It just falls on his head. And it says, Wild Stallion's Rule. <laughs> that's the only one that it was like uh-huh. okay that was a little bit much but you know what hey it's the third one rule of three like there's a lot of cartoon logic in this oh yeah but that's okay so they break him out they have their their presentation it's a huge success yeah and everyone in high school has a cigarette lighter <laughs> yeah it's the 80s, of course. Don't you remember, Trent? You're supposed to light your cigarette lighter and hold it up, and you wave it at the concerts. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen anymore. Now everybody puts up their cell phone and turns yeah. their flashlight on. It's way brighter. Oh, yeah. It can like, be pitch if, black. If you've never been in a concert hall that is indoors, especially indoors in an arena somewhere, and you're in there when everybody turns their flashlight on, holy shit, does that place get bright. Yeah. Wow. You don't need no dinky little cigarette lighter no, anymore. No, no. Or an app of a cigarette lighter. <laughs> right. <laughs> a little flame that you can hold up. Yep. Everybody's got a bright ass LED on the back of their phone. Yep. That works very well. Yep. So one thing that has nothing to do with the plot, okay, but re- relative to the reason we were watching this movie, specifically Keanu Reeves's hair. Oh, it was glorious. His hair is so good in this movie <laughs> because it's so ridiculous. Uh-huh. It's unkempt. It gets blown around a lot, but it's just like perfect for his character. Mm-hmm. And I just kept admiring it the whole movie. He never touches it. No. He doesn't touch it. He kind of does the the swaying back and yeah, forth. Yeah, he sort of like, like shakes his head to get it out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? If I had hair as long as that, I would do the same thing. Yep. It's very 80s and wonderful. And uh, yeah, it was yeah. great. But yeah, this is like quintessential early days Keanu Reeves. Uh-huh. Something that he would never ever live down no so much so that they just made a third one of these yes. last year right what what 30 plus years after the first one they made a third one amazing but we haven't even seen bogus journey that's right so i i assume bogus journey is more time travel but i don't really know i've heard it's not it's not as good as this one, uh, but I have heard that Face the Music yeah. is actually really good. All right. Um, but it will be interesting to see as we get to that how Keanu's acting style has changed <laughs> as he has gotten older. Because to play this character yeah. where he's just a lovable doofus. Yeah. If he's anything, Ted is a lovable doofus. Both of them are. They both are. And 
he has very much grown out of that, but he's yeah. not afraid to return to it. The very fact that, and I don't know if this was a reference at all in the original matrix movie. There is, there is a moment where Keanu Reeves goes, Whoa, I don't know if that's a reference to this movie or not, or his history with these movies or not. He just can't help himself. The writers can't help themselves to get Keanu to remember. Hey, remember when you did those movies? Again, that was like 10 years. I know. 10 years between that one and The Matrix. Uh-huh. That just blows and my mind. And what a change. Yeah. What a change between what he was doing then and what he was doing in 99. That happens. And what he's been doing Ever since then, his career has... like. Let's just talk about Keanu for a little while. Yes. Okay? Keanu was kind of... I mean, dude's name, right off the bat, is weird, but mm -hmm. you remember it. Did you know he was born in Beirut? Yes. Yeah. I did know that. Who'd have thunk? Yeah. Second of all, you know, you, you go from being in a movie like this, movies like this, and somehow you get cast for serious parts... Yeah, a few... No, actually. After I think it's this? like Within a year of this movie, he did Shakespeare. Yeah. We haven't watched it, but he was in Much Ado About Nothing. Yeah, you've told me. And that movie is like heavy hitters of British acting. Emma Thompson and Kenneth Branagh are in it. Yeah. Um, other people who are in it include Michael Keaton and Denzel Washington and... Frick, uh, Kate Beckinsale. It's like one of her first movies. So these are like really, really well-known people. And now. Then, now. Now. They even weren't, then. They, they weren't that known back Denzel then. Denzel was. In like 90? That was after Glory. I suppose. So yeah, these are people. I suppose. Okay. All right. So you've got all these people and then Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, it's really hard to watch him in that because comparatively speaking, he's awful. He's yeah. awful. Yeah. Because he can't be... He can't be anything but the Southern California kid. Yeah. And then he made Dracula. Yep. And I haven't seen it. But I also imagine he is awful. <laughs> Again, next to a very, uh, very much a thespian. Gary Oldman. Yeah, of Gary Oldman being Dracula. And I don't know if it's just that he was such a star on the rise that putting him next to these incredible sure. actors sure by comparison is terrible but when he found his niche yeah it was with speed yeah. where all of a sudden it's like oh this is what he's supposed to be doing point break speed the matrix mm -hmm. mega superstar yep. keanu reeves how the hell did that happen and now he is like the meme guy right he has embraced his own destiny as a ridiculous <laughs> human being. But by all accounts, he is a lovely man. Yes. I have heard he is a wonderful, kind human being who clearly has a great sense of humor yeah. because he shows up as like a tumbleweed in the SpongeBob movie. <laughs> and we haven't seen it, but I've told you he shows up in Always Be My Maybe. Yeah. And he plays himself. And he's a hyper-real version of himself. And it's fucking hilarious. He's so funny. And he's only in, like, two scenes. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just... 
the the reason we decided to do this is because the man has come so far. His his <laughs> career arc is so impressive and so varied. Varied and unconventional. Yeah. Going from the surfer dude you know, like think about I mean, you could say the same thing about Sean Penn, but Sean Penn's a trajectory from surfer dude in the in an 80s movie to very very serious stuff was a straight line. Yeah. Keanu's was up and down. You go from the this this Bill and Ted shit to some serious shit to some action shit to some more serious stuff to, kids to more movies, action to, more to action. kids movies to going all the way back rom-coms. Right, rom Yeah, he, he dipped his toe into rom-coms. Man man <laughs> so we've got lots more to come we really do so this has been the 80s we're this not gonna is bill watch and ted everything no we're we're gonna we're do ne- a few we're, we're gonna pick and choose we're yeah, gonna we're, cherry pick we're doing a few these are just movies we haven't watched clearly we've seen a lot of these movies we've already talked about mm-hmm. we've seen the matrix um we've seen john wick john the first john wick yep um next we're gonna jump into the 90s it is not a very 90s movie, but it is very well known. Neither of us have seen it. We're going to leave you with that. That's right. Pretty little little tease. It is going to be from the 90s. The next one's going to be from 2000s. And so on and so forth until we're done. Yeah. We're not doing but, like yeah. 50 movies. Keanu has nope. a large no. collection to choose this, from. This is just a selection, a, a choice selection of movies Betsy and I have come across that we haven't seen. But, yeah, that's going to be episode one of the Keanu-a-thon. But we do have one thing to cover here before we end, end this. Uh, we got uh, a response, let's as, say. As suspected. Uh-huh. We got I called one, this. We got one response from uh, our super fan. <laughs> She's not very happy with me, Betsy. I wonder why, Trent. Which movie um, was she contacting us about? Oh, let's see. The big, bold letters. The Goonies. Oh, you mean the one where I explicitly said you were going to get some hate mail? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mm, I kind of figured it was going to happen. Because if there's anything that people love, it is the things that they watched when they were children. They are attached, and it is important, and it does not matter what you say. Because you are wrong. Indeed. All right, so let's talk about the Goonies here from superfan Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Trent, I am disappointed that you couldn't find anything enjoyable about the Goonies. Not true. (laughs) Not true. I just thought it was a trash movie. I didn't say that it was all bad. You found very little enjoyable. I thought the first beginning of the movie with them being kids was really good. It had a great setup. But how they got to the end was bothered me. She continues. It is not the best kids movie, nor does it hold up well in respect to race and body image. However, it is really cute, and I think Mikey is a, is a relatable little protagonist. I agree with that. I think Mikey was a really good character. It's one of those kids that you can uh, apply yourself into. He's like, just a kid. Yeah, he is just a kid. There's nothing extraordinary you friend, about him. You had a friend named like like Mikey when yeah. you were growing up. Everybody does. Oh, you were Mikey. Mm-hmm. I I think I was very much the Mikey of that crew. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right, continuing. 
I was not yet born when this movie came out, so I watched it first in high school. I just love a good adventure movie, and I think this movie does a good job of making one for children. I will note that I have not really watched the movie in years. Uh-huh. Go and watch it again. Trent's <laughs> challenge to you. Uh-huh. Go and watch it again as a, as a, uh, very much an adult. Also, I had always thought this movie took place on the East Coast. Whoops. Love, superfan Stephanie. Yeah, I, I told you you were going to be rocking some boats. And that's, so to speak. That's not unexpected. But yes, Trent's challenge to you, to any of you, yeah. who listened to it and thought Trent was if wrong. If you watched it as a child, as a child, or but haven't watched teen, it as an adult. Point being, if you have not seen this movie in a while. Yeah, if you haven't seen this movie since you were a kid, let's say. Before you were an adult with adult responsibilities and a mortgage, <laughs> let's say. Uh, go and watch The Goonies again. See if you still have that same opinion. Because I'm going to guess you don't. That's my challenge. Uh, Betsy, do you have anything? No. All right. Well, that's where we're going to leave this first episode of the Keanu-a-thon. Keanu-thon. 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 Okay. <laughs> If you want to reach out and say what your favorite Keanu Reeves movie is, or franchise, or acting moment, <laughs> or quote, or whatever. Or if you love Bill and Ted and hate Bogus Journey, or hate, hate, yeah. bo or love Bonus Journey. Bo Bonus Journey. Bogus Journey. Maybe you love the second one. Maybe you love the third one. Yeah. Maybe you, you think they're all garbage. Yeah, or if you really love George Carlin like, like I do, mm -hmm. let's let's share some stories. Email us all of those thoughts to neverseenitpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. It is neverseenit underscore pod on Twitter. And if you want to support this nonsense, throw us some money by clicking on the link in the, in the podcast description. Uh, the thing that says support. You know, take you to a page on anchor.fm throw us some money it's easy to do and that all being said if you want to talk about a previous thing that we've done in the past hey we've done over 30 of these episodes you don't have to listen to all of them if you've never seen these movies but go back and listen to the ones that you have seen i don't care if it's from episode two go and watch it send us your thoughts i don't care we like to talk about movies no matter what they are yeah. So, until next time, this has been Never Seen It. My name is Trent, that's Betsy, and we'll catch you next time. Be excellent to each other. Excellent. Excellent.